we have a really special offer today and I'm so excited to share it with you. The ultimate giveaway. Do you want to receive one of our planners for free or would you like access to our Instagram growth course worth £59? At My Bump to Baby, we are massively passionate about making sure parents have the protection in place that they need should the worst happen. If you choose to book in with your nearest family law solicitor today to have a look and a chat about your will, or if you book in with your financial advisor to review your family protection or your pension, we will give you access to either our Instagram course with £59 or we will send you one of our amazing planners completely free of charge. To qualify for this, all you need to do is fill in the form at the bottom of this podcast and we will book you in with your nearest advisor. You don't need to take out a policy and you don't need to take out a will. It's just simply having a chat to make sure that you have the protection that you need should the worst happen. We are so excited to bring you this offer and we hope you take advantage of it because protecting your family is the most important decision that you could make today. Hello and welcome to 50 Shades of Motherhood, uncensored, unhinged and unapologetic, guilt-free, real, raw mum chats with me, your host, Carla Lett, oversharer and founder of My Bump to Baby, the UK's leading pregnancy to preschool directory. Today's episode is all about maternal mental health. If you have read my blogs, if you have followed me on Instagram, you will know that this is something that I suffered with after having George. And I'm really happy to be able to raise awareness on this subject through my podcast, through my blogs, through my Instagram. It's a very important subject to me that I think a lot of people need to be aware of and need to be talking about. And today I've got two very, very special guests that have also suffered with their maternal mental health. Amy Downs from Mummy full of dreams and Sophie Maylan from Mama May. I met these two bloggers probably three years ago now and they are, I'm very lucky to be able to call them friends as well. So today they're going to be sharing their own experiences of maternal mental health and I'm going to be also sharing mine again for those of you that don't know and hopefully we can between us all raise awareness and help each other. So today I am joined with my friends and also fellow bloggers, Sophie Maylan and Amy Downs. So tell me a bit about you, Amy, and what it is you do and your journey with mental health. Okay, so I'm um, Amy Downs. I run the blog Mumful of Dreams. Um, It's a blog about working parents and our eternal struggle to get the right 
balance between our work life and our family life. I started the blog when I was um, after I just had my eldest, Harry. He's just about to turn four uh, because I was made redundant while I was pregnant. And it was a really scary time because I had to start my career all over again. And I had the added pressure, the added barrier of having a young a young boy, a young baby, and um, sort of like the, the the trouble that that can cause when you're trying to find a job um, and trying to get flexible hours and things like that. So I started the blog to basically share my experiences um, and hopefully reach out to some other parents um, so that they don't feel so alone. Um, I've gone on to have a, another son, James. He's nine months at the moment. Um, and with both of them, I did struggle with my mental health. So with Harry, I had quite late diagnosis of postnatal depression. I wasn't um, picked up on that until uh, he was 18 months old. So it was quite a lot later than many people have. But I believe that I had it. I just didn't really want to deal with it. Um, so I knew it was there. I just didn't really know what to do about it or, or want to face up to it. Um, but because I went through that with Harry, by the time James came round, um, I was able to recognise the symptoms and I spotted um, a lot of anxiety symptoms coming out um, at the end of last year. So I reached out again and have just finished a course of therapy um, through uh, the local service that we have here in Leeds and they've been really really good um, and it's just made me feel a lot more in control of my mental health basically. That's amazing that is is really good so how how come it took you so long then with, with um, Harry then for the, for the first 18 months did you say you knew you had it you said? I think when I look back now and I look at how I was feeling, I was completely overwhelmed by it all. I just didn't feel like I was doing very well. All my life, everybody had said to me, oh, you're going to be a natural mum. You're going to be so good at it when you have kids. Um, and I waited and I waited. And then this, this amazing thing happened that I've wanted for so long. Um, and I wasn't enjoying it. And I didn't think I was very good at it. And I felt like I was failing him. Um, and then when I tried to start working again, I came back to work as a freelancer and I loved it. I loved being freelance. Um, but the pressure of it and the sort of like the nerves of um, worrying that they weren't going to think my work was good enough and were going to let me go was really hard because it completely ruined my confidence, basically. And I think the two collided on top of um, essentially the trauma of being made redundant while I was pregnant. I think the three things mm -hmm. collided. Um, to build up to depression and I just I didn't want to admit it and I think when you're in that like the lowest point you've ever been in your life I distinctly remember um, the worst day I had my health visitor was meant to have been around for a check and she didn't turn up and if she had been there that day I think I would have said to her I think this might be postnatal depression mm -hmm. um, but because she wasn't there I just slipped and Luke got home from work and I threw Harry at him and I just said I can't cope anymore and I actually barricaded myself into the bedroom and went and hid under my duvet and I remember looking out of the window up the road and thinking if I could just get to the car and pack a few things I could run away and I never did it but on the night feeds when he wouldn't sleep and things like that I just I would plan running away and now 
it seems really awful that that was like literally a regular every night thing for me um and I feel like uh obviously with James I then knew I recognized the symptoms but I think I just was hiding from it I didn't want to face mm. up to it because it's quite a scary thing isn't it yeah definitely I mean I, I was exactly the same um as you but but we'll get on to gone to this the next few questions shortly but um it, Sophie you're also there aren't you um we're having a bit of a three-way today so uh, I in fact when Amy actually said about a three-way I actually couldn't stop laughing I mean that is the immature side of me but um Sophie um can you introduce yourself and a bit of your your experience with mental health as a new mum yeah so I slightly different from Amy I fell accidentally pregnant after too many uh, fish bowls with a new boyfriend <laughs> um, by fish bowls, I don't mean the the pet type um, <laughs> nightclub in a dark dingy nightclub um and yeah so I was actually due to move to London to work as a journalist and I found out on the loo inside the Guardian newspaper um that was up the duff to a guy that I just met um so yeah my life pretty much changed overnight so ditched the London plans ended up moving instead from Sheffield over to, from South Yorkshire to West Yorkshire in sunny Wakefield. Um, and then, yeah, then I had my first child. By that point when I gave birth, I was about 23. Um, you, who's just popped up. <laughs> <laughs> and is a night owl still. Um, does not sleep still, even though she's now eight. Um, and yeah and then basically I actually found in pregnancy I'd had a really bad eating disorder but pregnancy really helped that because for the first time I was seeing my body as functional rather than something to sculpt and to change um but then when I did give birth I'd just moved in with my new boyfriend's parents my life had changed my work had changed I tried to keep the pregnancy a bit of a secret um and yeah so and I just found like my identity just basically crumbled overnight and um, my sense of self and I absolutely loved like I was the opposite I was not at all destined to be a mother I was not at all like I didn't have any maternal instincts and then when I gave birth um I did just feel this total instinct but at the same time I was caught up in my head and I was getting really angry at myself because I was having all sorts of horrid thoughts um and that's when I started writing and which is now a blog um and then my I'd say it was more postnatal depression then mm. um and then then my eating disorder came back um, until I had my second child. And then that's when my mental health problems got really serious. Um, and I had, I was diagnosed with um, like acute, it's called acute polymorphic psychotic disorder. And it's, um, it's often, it was basically an episode of psychosis, um, which is where you're kind of having hallucinations and seeing things that aren't there. And um, and that's actually when I started vlogging. Um, so yeah, and then now I kind of blog and vlog, um, and that's pretty much overtaken the journalism 
Wow, wow. Well, I mean, that's just before um, we started recording, Amy, you actually said that Sophie actually helped you um, through her blogs and blogs and being a friend of Sophie's uh, get actual get get your help, didn't she? Was that with your second son? Uh, that was with Harry. That was after Harry. I um I knew I was struggling, and uh, I, like I said, I'd, I'd set up my blog, and I was I was trying to work on that. And Sophie and I met at a blog workshop and kept in touch, which was really nice. And then she invited me along to the BBC event, which was um with, uh, behind the smiles. I think it was called. It was a maternal mental health event where they got loads of people speaking, and it was really inspiring to be there and I just I started to recognize things um in the way people were talking and the things they were talking about how they felt um I think I'd always felt like I wasn't bad enough um and at, at that event I think her name is Eva was talking about um psychosis and I'd always pictured because I wasn't quite as bad as psychosis I didn't quite feel bad enough to be asking for help I felt like I'd be taking the help away from mm. someone who needed it more than me but having Sophie be so honest about how she feels all the time it really helped me to be just as honest um basically to myself uh, and then when I was put in touch with the therapist for um CBT I was able to just be completely open with her. I was completely, um, you know, I didn't fear judgment because I knew that in Sophie, I knew that there was somebody else who was experiencing it as well. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I think as a new mum, I think you can kind of be, you think that you feel guilty inside for even thinking those feelings or the feelings that you have, like you're not enjoying being a mum and there's people out there that struggle, that would be amazing mums that are struggling to have children and it's almost like you feel a bit guilty having these feelings, don't you, sometimes? Um, And I, I, with George, um, for me, because he came so early and he was in hospital, I didn't have that initial bond with him. So like sometimes I'd look at him and I'd be like, I don't even know if I like you. That sounds awful. And you know, I'm just so happy that now we can, we, you know, we all met each other at a blogging conference and you know, we all had that in common that we've all been through this. And it's just so nice to actually read blogs and, and watch vlogs of other people that have actually experienced the same and, and not feel like you're a bad mum just because you don't enjoy it all the time. I mean, I, uh, with my mental health, I, when I had George, I mean, I didn't know for months either. I was probably, I think he was around six months, but it, I just felt like every day I was having an awful day. Um, a really bad day every single day. And, you know, it's quite funny, actually, because since lockdown, I'm starting to get those kind of feelings back because I'm outside of my normal routine. Um, And it's very strange because going to work, like I'm so used to, like getting up, going to work, taking George to school and stuff, that gives me a focus, something to focus on. But when it's like you can get up when you want and you can do what you want, it's no good for me. Um, But, um, yeah, when I had George, it was just like constant grey days. Like, I really did enjoy having him. I'm not saying I didn't. But it was just, I just so on the verge of, like, angry all the time. Um, You know, and, I mean, he was a good baby. He did sleep, sleep through and, you know, all that sad things. But, um you know, obviously not straight away, but it was just, I was so tired all the time. Just felt so, so down. And I think um, the refreshing thing with talking to you, Carla and um, Amy as well, 
is that we're all similar in the sense that we are ambitious. We have our own businesses and our own desires and whatnot. Um, and I don't know about you both, but I definitely don't fit the norm of what I thought or was told a mum should be like. Um, and then also the same with mental health. I think we talk about maternal mental health, but we just talk about, you know, we just say, oh, postnatal depression or um, postpartum depression. And we, we don't actually always talk about what that means to an individual. Yeah. And then, then that leads to sense, like feelings of guilt because people will think, yeah, but, and I did for many years until I've kind of connected with people like you both, where you feel like, yeah, but I feel like this. And whilst I know that they've got that diagnosis, I bet they're not getting these horrid intrusive thoughts. And if, if anyone found out, um, gosh, I'd have them taken off me. And do you get <gasps> I me? Mean? A hundred percent. Yeah. Sorry, I'm putting in there. But just that when you said that, it just reminded me of when the health visitor used to come. And I used to like pace up and down before she was coming in, like to psych myself up to put on this like performance. And as soon as she opened the door, I was like, hello, life as a mother is just fantastic. You know, when actually I was thinking to myself, get me a bottle of wine immediately. You know, like I just, I was just yeah. struggling big time. My first health visitor, and this is where it's really important the support because my first one that I got when I was still living at home she was brilliant because she was so down to earth and she actually said when uh, we're talking about because I wanted to breastfeed and that and she actually said well they say you can't drink but you know who a bottle of wine here and there and whilst I know it's not medical advice <laughs> um, but just having someone who was mm. just a bit normal oh yeah god I like her yeah I mean that's it it is it is I mean it's just constantly I mean moving it not away from the subject but also I mean it's that mum guilt I mean it still goes on now it's like you can't have conversations like this with people because you just worry that like they'll think you're bad and it seems like everyone else has got it together apart from you sometimes you'll be scrolling through your Instagram and it's like oh yeah you know um you know, they're doing all these pretty pictures. And I think to myself, I was scrolling through the other day. I hadn't brushed my hair, hadn't brushed my teeth. It was four in the afternoon. George hadn't either. And I was just like, wow, you know, like, I wish I was more like, more like them. But actually, do you know, behind the scenes, that's all well and good for a picture. But behind the scenes, a lot of people do struggle, but they don't really talk about it enough, I don't think. Yeah. And I found like, that's, sorry, that's why no, no. I started the, the vlogs they were ugly like really ugly so you see me you don't see me with pretty fairy lights behind me <laughs> I might do occasionally now because I've got a few select walls in my house mm. um, but you saw a mess behind me me having an anxiety attack or crying at the camera and yeah. it's to me it's really important that we're we're, we're real and so with me, I'm, I've also got a really bad sense of humour as well. So I'll like literally be having, I'll either be really serious and having a genuine anxiety attack, or then I'll be saying something like really inappropriate that I should not be saying. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> so, like me. 
Yeah, it literally goes from a Tinder conversation to a mental illness. <laughs> oh, no, no, it is. But the thing is, though, I found, Amy, honestly, I'll let you speak in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is a problem, you see, when there's three of us, it's like, you know, fighting for airtime. I'm sorry about this. But yeah, I found with my personality as well, I'm very much high or I'm very much low. Like there's no middle ground with me. So I'm quite similar to you in that sense, Sophie, I think. Um, but Amy, what, what about you then? Like, what do you think um, around, you know, raising awareness through, through mental health and, and actually being real? Um, because social media is something where I think a lot of people go on and be like, oh, yeah, um, I'm not like them. So, you know, it, 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 mum guilt is, is a big factor, I think, of, of uh, mental health, you know. Definitely, absolutely. And I think it does take um, sort of almost a bit of training to be able to stop yourself having these these thoughts. I talked a lot of um, a lot of the thoughts about not feeling good enough and feeling like I was letting the boys down. I talked to my therapist about that, and we worked together on these unhelpful thinking. So where you think about the worst case scenario, or you yeah, you do this thing called mind reading, um, and I, I, that absolutely seems to be very common. But I tell you what, I feel like I've noticed over the last five years and maybe that's because I have Harry now so I'm suddenly in this you know I've been welcomed into this new community of mothers um it definitely does have the the perfect mum brigade there's definitely the judgy mums there's definitely the uh you know the, the ones that get everything absolutely perfect mm. and, and show show it all off on Facebook but the vast vast majority of us aren't feeling like that and I think more and more people are being honest and everywhere on social media now perhaps it's just my little bubble and the people that I've decided to follow but I think more and more bloggers and influencers and mums in general are just being honest like I put a photo up earlier on Facebook on their Instagram um of harry in we, we had a hoover delivered and it had a massive box and i cannot wait to play with that tomorrow with him um but i put him in it and i tweeted um I, hey guys i've had an idea of the kids doing your head in and like back in the day i think i would have been worried about somebody thinking oh my god what an awful mm. mother she's locking her, her kid in a box but people have loved it. People have laughed and they really relate to it because actually it is really bloody hard being stuck mm. at home with them 24-7. You know, we're all just trying to do our best and everyone is different in different ways. Like I was lo I'm looking around the kitchen now and honestly, if someone saw it, they'd probably want to take George away themselves, you know. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, I just think there's so much pressure in it on trying to be perfect when if people, like you say, Amy, I, I sort around myself by following people like you guys and people that make me feel like I'm a bit more normal as well and in my little bubble I've cut out all that perfect images and people that love doing I mean god I'm not saying anything about crafting I know I have said a lot about it but it's 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 awful I mean at George you know he wants me to craft with him and I'm trying my best but it oh I just don't enjoy it and it's okay to not enjoy things I think enough you know like sometimes it's like having to pretend that you're actually enjoying playing with your children sometimes and I, I'm, I must be completely honest I've got other things to do a lot of the time and I don't enjoy it um and, <laughs> and that's just me if I'm in the mood for it or I tell you when I do enjoy it when I've had a glass of wine I, I literally will like sit there and play play for quite a while but I just feel like there's always jobs to do isn't there and stuff and it's just it's just that pressure of like feeling like you should be enjoying things when actually 
you don't you know yeah see i'm not yeah. i'm not a game player unless it's cards against humanity and i don't think i'm allowed to play that it's housework for me i can't i cannot i mean i do feel the pride when i have got a nice tidy house but i just i hate doing it mm. absolutely loathe doing the hoovering and the ironing and the washing and the endless cycle of it all oh. i hate it and back back when i first had harry that made me feel like i was a bad mum because mm. i thought that that was what you did when you have when you have a kid you suddenly miraculously turn into this perfect housewife apparently oh <laughs> I'm tell not, me <laughs> oh do you know what that was a lot of mine as well it was like when daddy come home from work i'd think to myself oh i should have the house tidy i should have tea on the table no <laughs> yeah. you know like why do you think in your head like i've probably had a harder day than he has you know like it's hard getting out of the house with a baby it's freaking hard it's yeah. like you know anything like every you can't leave them you know you're thinking right i need to go to the bathroom am i meant to take them with me do i leave them do i want you know you even putting petrol in your freaking car for god's sake you know you're there and it's like my mum's like oh make sure you take out the car all the time and you're like well what how like how am i going to carry all of this stuff at the same time as carrying my baby around the shop it's just little things like that i mean it's just there's a lot of judgment isn't there around everything but like you say yeah with, with the housework i do think that's something where you know now i just think to myself just embrace it just embrace the yeah. mess it's going to be messy again tomorrow anyway may as well just live in it <laughs> <laughs> definitely no so with your back to the kind of mental health after birth did you guys find that it affected your relationship at all or you know or, or did you, you were you helping each other through it or were you more of a team or did it did it affect your relationship well i um like sophie i actually fell pregnant really quickly after meeting luke um so we were thrown into this situation where we were having to get to know each other very very quickly um and we were living with each other by uh what i was 10 weeks pregnant when I got made redundant and I had to move in with him there was it was either that or move down to Cornwall with my parents and I didn't want to do that mm. so um we were forced into a situation where we had to get to know each other and become very sort of reliant on each other but he's always been very 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 respectful of my mental health and looking after me and giving me space when I need it making sure that I have the time to go get a bath he recognizes when I'm feeling down um, one of my things when I'm struggling with anxiety is I, I hate making decisions. I just find it puts me under too much pressure. So if I'm if something as simple as lunch, if I'm on in a really low mood, I don't even want to decide what we're having for lunch. So he just kind of takes over where needed. And also, bless him, he doesn't put up with me ranting at him all the time. <laughs> and that's, Usually it's just because I'm not feeling good in myself. But I snap at him and I nag him and I know I do. And it's the anxiety. It's the anxiety of wanting to keep on top of the house and not managing or wanting to look after the boys as best I can, but not coping. Um, and I take it out on him because he's the person I'm closest to in the whole world. Um, so I think it's made us stronger, despite the fact that it has put our whole situation, having falling pregnant unexpectedly very quickly, mm. um, me being made redundant. And then the postnatal depression on top of it all. And then on top of all of that, me trying to find a way back into work. Um, it's put a lot of pressure on us, but we've managed with it. And I think because of that, we are really, really close. Um, 
and that's you know so for me it's been a real positive that is good Danny Danny's like that I'm very lucky in that sense that he recognizes as well and you know I need a nap now and again and I just get you know when I get like quite down I get really tired so I have to like have a like a power nap and I'm I'm sorted then but he he's the same he's like right get into bed early get your Netflix on and stuff and he's been really good like that um I know obviously Sophie you're not with um your your little one's dad anymore are you but um how did you find your relationship was with the mental health I found it really challenging because I was also living with his parents as well and I'd literally gone from like the hub of, of London making my own way as this journalist in human rights and whatnot to then living in Wakefield and I'm from a really I'm like mixed race got gay dads from really diverse background, poor area, to suddenly in this like scones and tea area in Wakefield, where all the women go down to cricket club to make the teas for the men who play cricket. Mm. I was like, oh my gosh, I've come from shameless into the blooming Waltons. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, it was a real challenge. And I've actually found it... um, I don't know. I think now being a single mum, whilst that has its own, poses its own challenge, what I know now is that being in a home, whether that be with someone or not, is it's all about how, how the like energy is in that home. So it's much better to be in a home on your own and have like kind of positive energy as much mm. as possible than it is to be with someone and it's not right because I'm not saying it'll be it's easy with um me and my mental health but it has to align and I think children add another challenge into all of that Um, so Mm. do you know if there's a site for guys who like girls who are creative but crazy let me know oh I'll have a look I'll have a look no but I know exactly what you mean though it is like it's it's just the added stress on itself and I'm very much like um for me with my mental health like whoever I'm surrounded with whatever mood they're in it really kind of either lifts me or pulls me down um so I'm easily influenced by someone else's mood so say for example I was talking to you tonight and you were both like miserable I'd probably be miserable but like you know like that's why I like kind of speaking to like people like you guys like whenever I speak to you guys anyway you really lift me um and I think in your relationship it's important kind of to try and find that as well it's so hard though when you're so tired as well and then you feel guilty for not even having sex don't you I mean I started getting to the point where I said right Sunday night in that bed you know that is it now it's gone up to Sundays and Wednesdays but you know I know the romance isn't dead in this house (laughs) but you know you have to time things like that because before you know it it can be like a week or two weeks or three weeks and you're like I waited a year and I'm normally like on it every single (laughs) day if I could well, you're really selling yourself here, Sophie. You know, if anyone knows anyone. <laughs> you know, I'm not on any, uh, any sites all my days. <laughs> and, yeah, but what's, yeah, but like you say, it, all those things, you know, especially when you've 
kind of had that and then you suddenly have kids I think I went probably a year I like without sex oh my god like literally it was just like I was if I'm honest I know I should be old you know like mother earth and that but I was literally properly grossed out by the fact that a big head had just come out of my video. I could not get over that grossness. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, do you know, see, with George, I had a section, so I didn't have that kind of thing. But do you know, in fact, we had sex too soon after after we had George, and I ended up getting an infection in my C-section, Scott. I mean, I was just so so horny all the time, you know. I don't know how I ended up having sex that that soon after, but I ended up getting getting an infection. And then the worst part, the doctor was like, don't do it. And I did it again, didn't I? I think because I I did. And I think it's because our relationship was new, you know, it was fairly new, like you two. Mental health (laughs) and sex, it is really, really linked. Because I also think, like, when my mental health has been bad, I'll I'll be one way or the other. Mm. Yeah, I'll just be like I was gonna say totally dry. (laughs) 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 Do you know if I'm feeling low? Yeah. You don't, it's when you don't feel attractive in yourself though, when you feel low, you don't feel attractive in yourself and you don't feel sexy, but do you know, like when you kind of get the shower, put your makeup on, get at, you know, get your perfume on and stuff. God, you can feel like it just changes my whole mindset on myself. Um, I don't know if you're the same. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, no, I'm definitely, yeah, I'm, well, at the moment I feel like, getting dressed up I'm in my prime and I'm in blooming lockdown as we were <laughs> oh dear oh yeah god I know that's and about... I'm, not, I'm too old for that sexting malarkey oh god yeah phone sex and all that oh, gosh no not unless you're paying me love oh no yeah there you go another another opportunity there guys if there's any blokes <laughs> listening <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh Sophie you sound like a real good catch actually you know um <laughs> I love it um you are a good catch to be fair very beautiful so if anyone's got any brothers single brothers or anything like that you know send them her way um so back to uh where we're up to because we're gonna have to kind of I think we've been talking a while on this but I want to cover a couple of other things um so when you when you guys recognised that you needed to get help for for your mental health, um, what what were you advised to do, and where did you go to get the help? Because my doctor um, is a lovely guy. If he's listening, hello. Um, but he's lovely. Um, but he just basically gave me citalopram. There was no talk of CBT, nothing like that. And because as a child, I think I've always suffered with my mental health, but I've only realized as I've got older um, that I did. And what I used to do is I used to just close my door, put a film on, go to sleep, have a really long, long sleep. And I'd feel better after like a full weekend in bed or whatever. Um, But anyway, my doctor literally just gave me citalopram and on your way kind of thing. Um, And then I took that and literally... Um, within a few weeks of taking it, yeah, I wasn't as kind of bothered about things, but I wasn't bothered about anything. Like if Danny had to come home with like a girlfriend, a new girlfriend, I'd have probably made her a brew. 
you know, I was actually that laid back about everything. Uh, I even watched that. I even watched a notebook and didn't cry. You know, like, and that to me was a sign. So I was like, no, I, I, I didn't want to feel numb anymore, and and I didn't want sex. Well, I don't didn't want it. I just weren't bothered, and that isn't like me either. My Sundays and Wednesdays, you see. Uh, in fact, what day is it? Oh no, not tonight. Anyway. Um, but yeah, what what was the doctor like? <laughs> Where was I? What was it? What did what did you get? Kind of thing from your doctor, from your healthcare provider. What what did they offer you initially? Was it the CBT or or was it just pills? So I um I got home from that BBC thing with Sophie and um, rang the GP the next day and got an appointment um, and it was actually the first of two visits to her. Um, she was really, really nice. By pure luck, I got a woman doctor rather than my actual GP. And she, she's a mum herself. She's really friendly, reassured me that what I was feeling was totally normal. Um, as in a lot of people go through it and not to give myself a hard time over it. Um, she sent me home with a few bits of reading. Um, and that, but she said, if you still feel like this in a while, come back. So I did, and again, a bit of luck, the next time I rang, I got her again, and she said, look, it sounds to me like, you know, you, you've recognised what's going on here, um, and she gave me the details to self-refer, to self so in Leeds, we have the IACT service, uh, which I actually don't know what that stands for, but it's Leeds IACT, um, and I literally just Googled them and found the self-referral form, um, and then... Uh, I got very lucky someone had just finished their therapy sessions so I managed to get in a few weeks later um, and I had CBT first and about three or four weeks into that the therapist said to me I think it might be worth um, we had a really long chat because at the start I hadn't wanted to go on meds but I just felt like I needed something to help um, you know just get it all back in, under control a bit and it did it, it really did help um and I was I ended up on I had fluoxetine which I think is is a bit lighter than what you had um but it helped it like you say it evened everything out mm. um but I did notice my my partner proposed and uh, a few months after a couple of months after that I went and tried on wedding dresses and it's one of those days that you picture in your head as being absolutely perfect and so excited and um, you know, I just thought I'd have butterflies in my tummy and I didn't. And it wasn't until I had the Prosecco afterwards with my mates that I started to feel like I was enjoying the day. Um, and I suddenly thought, yeah, I think this is because of the tablets. I mm. think it's it's stopping me feeling the lows, but it is stopping me feeling the highs as well. Yeah. Um, and it was the same at the football. I'd go to, I usually, I go to the football once a month because that's all I can manage to go watch Ipswich. Um, and usually I get such a build-up of adrenaline in the few days before I go because I'm going to see my mates, I'm going to see my boys. I'm, I love it. It's the one thing I've had in my whole life uh, that's just always been there. And I wasn't feeling that about going to the games. Um, and then purely randomly, um, Luke and I moved house. We bought our first house and that was all very exciting. But again, it just didn't feel like this huge momentous moment that I was expecting it to be. Um, but somewhere in the move, I packed the pills away and I couldn't find them. And I just completely forgot that I'd lost them and I didn't think of it. 
and the next thing I knew I hadn't taken them for two weeks which absolutely is not what's advised to do um but I felt fine I felt absolutely fine and I started to feel really like confident again um so I realized then that it was the time to come off and one of the things I'd been really scared of was that I would end up relying on these tablets and not be able to come off them um particularly as they were stopping me feeling the highs of the nice moments like trying on wedding dresses and stuff like that but actually it wasn't like that at all it was really easy to come off them in the end um but I think that was a big fear for me was about whether or not to go on the meds and when I did it made a difference so I think it's a, a lot of um there is a lot of stigma around starting to take tablets when actually it, it can be just what you need to get your head back on track enough for you then to start taking control of your own life again yeah yeah I know what you mean. No, I know exactly what you mean. It's um, that's what I felt like, and I think it's no disrespect to my mum or anything like that. But for years, she always used to be like, "Oh, you don't want to take those. You don't want to take those." And that was her reaction when I got them the first time. And obviously, you always listen to your mum, don't you? And you know, it's a different era there days. You know, like now, um, it's a bit more kind of socially acceptable I suppose I know don't mean that you know like people accept it more that people do have mental health issues and I think there's a lot of people out there that do and some choose not to speak to it about it and some like us choose to women talk about it a lot <laughs> so it's a good thing to kind of raise that awareness but um Sophie we, with you was yours similar then or yeah so I've always been into dancing and that's massively helped my mental health but I've also had some form of drug, I think, since I was illegal, not illegal, <laughs> since I was about 16. So I, I was kind of used to being on antidepressants. Yeah. And dreamed of a day when I'd be off them. But actually what I found in pregnancy, it's kind of like, you know, weighing up the pros and cons and the same with breastfeeding mm -hmm. as well. It's like, and actually for me, being as sane as possible was much more important um, for the health of myself, but also for my baby as well. Um, so I, I actually upped my meds and then by the second child, um, and I had the episode of psychosis, I was on like proper knock me out drugs. Um, but again, it was a choice between going into a mother and baby unit away from home and away from my youngest child or trying these like really strong drugs um so i i went for the drugs um and it was difficult and even nowadays i'm still on if i'm honest on the morning i sound like i've been out on the lash all night and you know just done the walk of shame the way I speak on a morning um because I'm slurring and stuff so I'm still on like really proper heavy drugs but at the same time it means that I can live my life and enjoy yeah exactly and be as normal I'm not very normal but be as sane as possible and actually be here and actually without the drugs I probably wouldn't be here so for me, they are a real lifeline. As long as I like complement it with my fitness and my dance and you know my different feel good positive affirmations and stuff, I need those drugs. Yeah, 
Yeah. And you just think there's no, that's the thing. I just think, you know, you have to do what, what is going to make you live a long and happy life, you know, and, and that's the most important thing, isn't it? Especially when you're a mum as well, you want your kids to see you happy, don't you? Definitely. I think there's a lot of um, myths around medication and, and when you're, when you're pregnant and when you're breastfeeding, um, because actually, and obviously I wouldn't want to be giving medical advice. I would always advise anyone to speak to their doctor or whatever, but I, my, because I'd had postnatal depression with Harry, I was put in touch with the perinatal midwife team when I was pregnant with James and her name was Nikki. She was wonderful. She was absolutely lovely. So laid back, like you were saying about um, earlier, she was just so about your doctor earlier. She was just so laid back about everything. We spoke about drinking during breastfeeding and things like that. She was brilliant. But during pregnancy, she said to me, um, you know, you, I think it was usually around week 24, you, you have a you have a sort of burst of hormones and that can affect your your mood. Mm. Um, so keep an eye out. And if you feel like you might need to go back on the medication, talk to me and we'll see what we can do. Because the thing is, exactly like Sophie said, it's better to make sure you're you're sane and you are safe you've got to look after yourself first before you can look after your baby and the same with breastfeeding as well I know so many women who've given up antidepressants because they're breastfeeding and actually there's a lot of research to show that it, it doesn't affect the baby at mm. all same as alcohol that like low levels of alcohol don't affect the baby in breastfeeding because they don't it doesn't get to them um so I think there's a lot of myths around, oh, you must stay away from medication if you're pregnant or breastfeeding, when actually that might not be the safest decision for you and your child. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just actually went back to the doctors because I've got major health anxiety at the moment um, around like death and this coronavirus and pulmonary. Honestly, you name it, I've, I've had it. I mean, I've even actually... Um, searched under anus cancer before I mean this sounds ridiculous but you know like I'll literally google anything and then all of a sudden I think to myself that's it I'm, I'm gone I'm a goner so anyway I went back on um, anti well I rang him and I was like and I've got major health anxiety um, someone needs to you know um, speak to me or whatever with the CBT he was like no you don't need CBT oh you've got postnatal depression I was like but I had George four years ago no from the twins because obviously I lost my twins like last September um, and I didn't feel like it was postnatal depression at all I've always kind of had a bit of health anxiety anyway he gave me that that medication you spoke about Amy that fluxetine um, yeah. but then I found out I was pregnant again obviously I've lost that since but um, I didn't take it because I thought god if there's any chance like it could affect anything I won't take it so I haven't yeah. taken it and I didn't want to start taking it in case we decided that we want to try for another one and stuff but there is like you say when I've actually looked into it further it's it's very unlikely um that these things cause obviously speak to the doctor first like you say but um you know the main thing is is making your day-to-day -day life happy I suppose yeah absolutely because as um Sophie and I talked about this and when she joined me for my video series um we talked about you need to make sure you need to fill your cup up before you can give from it if that makes sense Sophie says it far better than oh, I do I love that yeah you have to basically self-care isn't selfish because in order to be able to give all the love that we want to give we actually need to make sure that we've cared for ourselves and given ourselves that love so we've got the energy then to actually 
give out love and be positive. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that. And that's a really good place to kind of end on this uh, and this kind of chat chat podcast i feel like i've just been chatting to my friends like forgot it's recording to be honest um yeah if you guys want to just kind of finalize on, on where you're up to with everything in your career and stuff i know you're doing a lot around mental health as well and you amy with your flexible working as well so if amy if you just want to kind of finish off with where people can find you and a bit about what you're doing and then again with you sophie as well yeah absolutely so with everything that's happened um I have had to move away from my old job which was social media manager and I am now focusing completely on my blog um so you can come and find me on uh, Twitter Instagram or Facebook if you search Amy Downs or Mumful of Dreams you will come up with me hopefully um it's at Mumful of Dreams on all of the uh, social media platforms as well um and I'm talking about flexible working being a working parent a bit about mental health there's uh, you might even catch me talking about football on some days as well when I'm in a when I'm in the right mood um but yeah do come along and I've actually been producing a series called Working Parents in Lockdown um, just talking about how parents are coping with um, having the kids at home all the time whilst we're trying to get our job done um, and it's turned into a really really fascinating series uh, featuring both of these lovely ladies um, and lots of other people who've been sharing their experience and their advice about how to cope with getting through these difficult times um with the kids around so so yeah thank you for having me on carla i really enjoyed the chat i've loved the catch-up it's been brilliant just missing the <laughs> bottle of wine god i know i now sound like an alcoholic don't i i'm like all i talk about is wine but this is one of the first nights i've actually not had it during this lockdown i must admit um but uh, thanks very much amy anyway it's been a, a pleasure having you on on my first episode um sophie what about you where can people find you and what are you up to now so I run an all-female video production company. So we're normally making documentaries at Evoke Media Group for like news channels and whatnot. That's with my serious journalist hat on. But I spend most of my life um, playing around with my vlog and blog, um, which is Mama May. Um, and it's all to do with mental health, well-being. It was going to be single parenting, but it's more, more, more candid single mum diaries. Um, and a bit of life as well and then I've also got Yorkshire Families which is a bit more of the family friendly stuff um, whereas I'm really passionate to be honest about talking about mental health warts and all but also making it sexy to talk about mental health well-being feel-good fitness and um, so I always say that whilst I'm talking about really serious stuff I'll always also have a smile and sparkles at some point and probably make some an inappropriate joke mm. um so yeah it, so i'm at mamamay.co.uk and then youtube.com forward slash sophie maylan um and yeah thanks so much for having us on and i think it's just it is definitely sharing things that really help so as I was saying, being accused of being this awful mother recently in lockdown by saying my kids were suffocating and oh. the situation, that actually, when I was on my own, that really got me. But then just being able to laugh about it tonight, you're like, huh, actually, do you know what? Everyone's in this and we all have those thoughts and we say those things that don't look like we think they should on paper do you know who wants to be the kind of perfect housewife because there is no such thing no 
Absolutely not. I, I totally agree. When I shared my miscarriage uh, story the other week, uh, the other week, the other month, uh, someone actually like had messaged me like, oh, uh, you need to get a grip, you know, get over it. You know, I got over it. You can get over it. Don't know why you need to share it or whatever. And I just thought, fuck off. You know, but it didn't actually bother me that much because I thought she's put more energy into typing that long message. God, I wouldn't have time to do that. You know what I mean? I wish I had time to do that, but I wouldn't. I just don't know how people can be filled with so much hate sometimes. Yeah, and it is definitely something about them. Like, you've bravely and kindly, openly shared that story. And when you talk about that, I'm in pure admiration and I find it inspiring when you both open up. So there's always going to be the odd hater, but like I say... Those of us in therapy are in therapy because those who should be aren't. Yes, that's (laughs) it. I love that. Brilliant. I love it. So, girls, it was so nice speaking to you. We'll probably, I mean, if there's anything you guys want to hear us talk about a bit more, if you really like this episode and you want us to talk about anything more and more detail, obviously, you know, especially uh, with the three of us, we're very, very open. So... You know, I something really rude then, as open as I know, there. we're very open and very moist. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yes, anyway, so I will uh, leave you to it. It's not a Wednesday, unfortunately, for me, but I will get on with some work now. Um, but I'll speak to you all soon. Life changes such as pregnancy or new babies make women more vulnerable to mental illness. One in five women worldwide experience some type of perinatal mood and anxiety order. Seven in ten women hide or downplay their symptoms. And without understanding, support and the right treatment, it can have a devastating impact on women, their partners and their families. If you think you are suffering with your mental health, head over to our show notes where you can find useful links and useful telephone numbers to help support you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of 50 Shades of Motherhood. I thoroughly enjoyed it and I hope you guys did too. If you are enjoying the podcast so far, which I really hope you are, and if you've got this far, why are you still listening if you don't? Um, but I would absolutely love you to subscribe and leave me a little rating it means the world to me and also helps me out massively especially when I go to Danny and tell him that I'm going to be doing series two fingers crossed so I look forward to speaking to you next week and keep an eye on the Facebook page and Instagram so you know who the next guest is you will absolutely love it I know it This podcast is sponsored by My Bump to Baby Family Protection and Legal Directory. Being a parent is such a minefield. It's so difficult deciding who to select when it comes to financial advice or family law solicitors. My Bump to Baby works with one trusted financial advisor and one trusted family law solicitor in each town throughout the whole of the UK. To find your nearest advisor or family law solicitor, head over to www.mybump2baby.com forward slash family protection legal. 
We have a really special offer today and I'm so excited to share it with you, the ultimate giveaway. Do you want to receive one of our planners for free or would you like access to our Instagram growth course worth £59? At My Bump to Baby, we are massively passionate about making sure parents have the protection in place that they need should the worst happen. If you choose to book in with your nearest family law solicitor today to have a look and a chat about your will, or if you book in with your financial advisor to review your family protection or your pension, we will give you access to either our Instagram course with £59 or we will send you one of our amazing planners completely free of charge. To qualify for this, all you need to do is fill in the form at the bottom of this podcast and we will book you in with your nearest advisor. You don't need to take out a policy and you don't need to take out a will. It's just simply having a chat to make sure that you have the protection that you need should the worst happen. We are so excited to bring you this offer and we hope you take advantage of it because protecting your family is the most important decision that you could make today.